Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Deeply Uploaded Podcast. I've stolen Alan's job as the host of the podcast this week. Hello, Alan. <laughs> Sorry Hi. about that. No, hello. I did steal your job, didn't I? Whoops. Yeah, look. That's a mistake. I'm going to freaking cry now. Yeah. I've stolen my job. I'm going to be homeless. Yeah, that, that was bad. Sorry, Alan. Alan's here, actually. If <laughs> yeah. We, yeah. Hello. Hi. <laughs> Hello. Yeah, I'm alive. It's, yeah. it's a bit of a congestion podcast for me, but that's all right. We'll power on through that. <laughs> it's, about, it's about time I came back and wasn't a mess. So, you know, one day. Yeah, Someday. one day. One day. <laughs> we also have with us a special guest this week. We have Lachlan from Locked Up Games. He's recently released a new title on PC, and we'll talk about that in a bit. But good to have you on the podcast, Lachlan. Good to be here. Glad to be back. Yes, it was quite a while. It would have been at least like two years since we yeah, last had you on. So, it's yeah. Time. Yeah. So Just a couple I'm, of days. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, sh- I'm sure we've got thousands and thousands of listeners that have been listening for that long. And, um, that will remember be, Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> so um, anything interesting happened this week, guys? Any news that was cool? Well, the video games that you liked that happened this week? Look, I'm going to be real honest with you and just say that the PS5 being 8K is pretty dang neat. But again, like, I don't really care. And also, I have a PS4 and that's pretty good so far. So, <laughs> I don't know. I'm excited for it. I'm very tentatively excited for it. If you haven't heard about this, everyone, uh, Mark Cerny had a bit of an interview. He's the infrastructure designer at PlayStation. He made PlayStation 4 and also Knack. <laughs> he also <laughs> made Knack. Oh, I know. <laughs> Yeah, Good old um, well, we, we, so, we will talk yeah. about the PlayStation 5 in the next section because it is pretty big news and mm. it's, um, yeah, it's enough to delve in and go deep and yes. talk about. Matt's going to talk about the technology versus artistry, I will guarantee it. Oh yeah, for sure, for sure. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Um, but yeah, that was obviously the big bit of news this week. Uh, anything else interesting happened? I mean, other than, of course, the release of Alua and Brie. That was pretty big news. That was amazing. Big news for me. Don't know about anyone else. <laughs> um, no, it's been a pretty quiet week. Oh, the Xbox One's sad. Ah, <laughs> oh, yes, that happened as well. Yay. Digital only Xbox. Oh, I heard about that. I love yeah. that. It's great. It's a, It just makes me so happy that they've made a console and called it the sad. Yeah. <laughs> you mean it, it makes you happy, Alan? It does. It's, it's sad. Yeah. You're happy that it's sad? Yes. Yeah, that's a good joke. Well done. Thanks. Let's <laughs> <laughs> go to music. Effort. Let's go to music. I'm done. Yeah, let's have some Miku music. Some good Miku music. We'll even let Lachlan pick all the music this week. So um, he's going to pick out his favorite Miku track. Oh, I'm a bit rusty on my Miku. <laughs> I'll let you pick. <laughs> I'll pick. <laughs> okay. It's going to be nothing. Alan will pick. <laughs> Okay. Alan has the Alan actually has the biggest library of Miku music now. Yeah, not because I want it. <laughs> it's because it's mandated. Fucking by default bullshit. She's got some good tracks. I'm not going to knock Miku. I will. I hate it. <laughs> You're right. I like how we actually haven't gone to the break yet. <laughs> oh, oh right. <laughs> oh shit. <laughs>
Welcome back, everyone. If you enjoyed that intro, that's actually because we're all quite high on Easter eggs today as we record. And yeah, the trumpets. And if you didn't enjoy that intro, well, you've been for a wild ride today. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yes, let's let's talk about the PlayStation Five since that is the news that was exciting for everyone. Obviously, we don't know everything about it yet, and Sony hasn't revealed it properly. But they've talked about it, uh, mm. and when they're talking about it, it means they're thinking about it. Um, so yeah, 8K resolution, which is cool, given how many 8K televisions everybody has. It's going to make that joke, yeah. Like it's going to be a piece of technology that no one's going to be able to use. I'm, I don't know about you, but I've got 8K televisions basically in every room. Yeah. You know? Oh right, no, I've got it yeah. in my like wrist. I'm oh, like your wrist. Yeah, I'm like Iron Man. You know, I just flip up my like skin, and it's like a little 8K television in there. I wasn't yeah. even aware 8K existed yet. <laughs> yeah. Also, I didn't even know it existed either, to be honest. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, I don't know who's going to be using that because honestly, I know that they're targeting the hardcore gamer aesthetic, but like, come on, like who the, who's going to buy an 8K television in 2020? Because that's when the thing's going to launch. Hardcore gamers, I imagine the people looking forward to Horizon 2 or Days Gone 2 or Ghost of Tsushima 2 or Spider-Man or 2 3, or baby. God of yeah. War 2. It's funny, Sony's actually set themselves up for an awful lot of twos next um, next round. Yeah, that's yeah. interesting. Yeah. It's and almost then, like they were very adventurous with their IPs, and then all of a sudden they realize, oh, shit, we don't have to be adventurous. <laughs> we can just make money. <laughs> Screw it. Throw it out there. I don't know if I'd be calling those games adventurous, but, you know. Well, they're new IPs. I think it's pretty ballsy. <laughs> to give you optimistic IPs. about a Days Gone 2, though, interesting to see how that one actually goes. Oh, look. It'll be like Days Gone, but with a different number on the cover. That's basically how it works. <laughs> Two Days Gone. <laughs> Two Days Gone. <laughs> Oh, that's really good. That's actually, no, no, that's surely, actually what it's going to be called. Surely Tuesday gone. <laughs> they just remove a day from the calendar entirely. <laughs> oh, okay. PlayStation Five though. Yep. <laughs> Looks pretty cool. I think like Mark Sony is a good hardware designer. Like he knows his shit. Yeah. Um, he he's, he's been doing good. this for yonks and yonks. He was one of the ones who helped with. The development of Crash Bandicoot One back in the day, which was revolutionary for what it did technologically. So, yeah, I've got all the trust in the world, and I think Sony sort of can afford to have a bit more of an expensive machine this time around, just because PS4 has done so well. And I know for a fact that because the PS5 will have backwards compatibility with PS4 games, I'm going to buy one because, like, I have no risk. There is no risk for me to buy a PS5 at this point. I love, I love how they kind of said that. They didn't actually announce the price, of course, but they said some kind of weasel words. What was it? Something along the lines of oh, the, the price, really the, price <laughs> the, the console price will be in line with consumer expectations given the high quality of the product we're producing or something. It's like, yeah, okay. So that could mean anything between $200 and $2,000. But anyway. Yeah, I'm um, expecting around like 400 500 bucks. Yeah, that's probably a bit, um, a bit well, brave. I, I'd really, be saying 600 to 700 Alan, to be honest. Yeah, in Australia, yes. That's my guess. Yeah. I doubt they'll oh. do a thousand again, like the PS3. <laughs> oh. never know. Sony always does this, you know. They get to this high point, as they did with the PlayStation Two, and then they go and do something a little bit crazy and arrogant, like they have been doing in the back end of the PlayStation Four cycle. Um, they might well do that with the PlayStation Five. No, get that that ad of the baby doll just turning. Its I think it'd be. I think it'd be pretty cool that the PlayStation VR will be cheaper than the PlayStation Five. Honestly, it makes me again. It it is enticing me to buy one. 
And I think the idea of them improving PSVR, getting rid of the cables, makes me immediately more. Yeah, interested. see that yeah. that is the one thing that I would uh, I'd jump all over a new version of PlayStation VR if they got rid of that yeah. cables because I'm sick of them like strangling me when I'm playing games. <laughs> They start wrapping around my neck and stuff, and it's like, well, are you, are you trying to choke me? Is this like a, a snuff game or like a? I, I don't know. It, it confuses me why they have is these. Is Tetris heavy... Effect a snuff game, Matt? <laughs> yes, Tetris <laughs> Effect is most definitely a snuff game. Jesus Christ! <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's a pretty cool feature, though. I think that's a really good idea, and they've yeah. identified a problem with PSVR and they've fixed it, which is good. It's a good sign. It means they give a shit, which is a nice change of pace, you know? It's always always makes it much easier when, you know, you have clear, like, design goals that they're working to, and I think it's really, really good. I would also say as well that the install base of the PS4 being so large at this point, I don't think they need that many people to be buying PS5s on launch. Like, they don't need it. Especially with backwards compatibility, they can release a new PS4 slash PS5, kind of like the Xbox did, the 360 yeah. did. I was going to say, it's probably going to be the case that they release PlayStation or Play Sony games will be have both PS4 and PS5 versions. Well, if you remember back when PS4 launched, they had like Last of Us Remastered. And, Not uh, just remasters, but like new games as well will actually yeah. launch simultaneously across PS4 and PS5. And then people who have the 8K TVs or 2% of the people who play games will be able to play them in that glorious 8K and see the veins on the Days Gone dude's head pop when he shoots a zombie or something. But, Definitely you know, that too, for, people, for people who are kind of sane and don't care about that stuff, um, the PS4 version will do. And that's that's Sony probably playing a long game Um Mm. which is good i think i i think if sony can extend the life life of the playstation 4 uh and then give the ps5 as a kind of optional upgrade for at least the first two or three years of its existence yeah that would be the right way of doing things because i don't think we actually need all this power and you know we've been jo you joked about me having a, that rant in the intro here we go here we go and here it comes no but seriously i mean like developers don't need that much power anymore especially unless you're like Activision with AAA games and stuff. The Switch is the sign of that. Any, yeah, exactly. Yeah. I mean, the Switch plays virtually everything that anybody would want to play. And yes, there is a slight downgrade. Did you see the? Did you see the tantrum people are throwing about the downgrade on Mortal Kombat? To Why the are Switch? they? Did they play MK9 on Vita? Like the fact uh, that the game is running on a handheld console in the first place is a freaking miracle. I think like, it's great. And yeah, sure, there's a slight downgrade. Big deal. The fact is that it, you know the Switch is everything that people want for video games. And it proves that you don't need to have that kind of next level graphical fidelity nonsense. Um, no one complained about the graphics of Breath of the Wild. Exactly, exactly. Well, Alan did, but then oh. Alan's a little bit, Alan's <laughs> a little bit of an odd boy. Okay, Alan the frame rate was a bit bad at points. It was some of the worst frame rates I've ever seen in the game, but that's just me and I'm aware that I'm a psycho, so it's fine. <laughs> But seriously, you don't need that much power unless you're in that tiny minority of people that actually really care about that. And yeah. if Sony can, you know, keep the PS4 going for people who just care about playing the game rather than the the quality of the graphics, mm. then that's a good thing. I think I mean, the, the other issue that arises from that is that dev costs are going to go up so much again. Yeah, and, that, so, and like, at the same time, you can't put the cost of the game up because if you put the cost of the game up, people throw a tantrum. So what are they going to do? DLC and microtransactions and loot boxes and season passes. They're going to do that more, yeah. harder, aggressiver. Harder, faster, smarter, stronger. More EA-like. 
Yeah. No, but don't you understand? The new EA Star Wars game has no microtransactions, no loot boxes, no sanity. And that is the only selling point of that game. I love how that is like EA's selling point. It doesn't have microtransactions. Well, good on you, EA. Thank you for that marvellous piece of art that you're producing. There'll have to be something, though. There's got to be like an expansion pack or like Borderlands-esque. I'll believe it when I see it with Star Wars. (laughs) Yeah. Especially if it's received well. Oh, we'll see. It's by Respawn. It'll be good. If it's by Respawn, it'll be good. I'm very excited for it. If it has... It looks like it's going to have wall running as well, so that's all I care about. I just want... I want... Titanfall 3. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's literally all I could ever ask for. Um, that'll be a launch game for PS5. I reckon. I'm wondering if Ghost of Tsushima will be pushed to PS5. I think it might be. Yeah, it'll be a Last of Us remastered situation. Yeah. Um, I, no, I think it might actually be pushed to PS5 as in you know, original launch. I think there was news that came out, I think it was about two weeks ago, that hiring um, at Sucker Punch seems to indicate that actually they're still fairly early in development of that game. So um, in that being that being the case, it might have been pushed to a PS5 project. It's the new anthem. And we know that um, <laughs> we know that Kojima's game is going to be pushed to the PlayStation 5 and possibly the oh, PlayStation yeah. 6 or 7. Um, oh, really? Oh, yeah, because he can't develop a game in time. He's, be, he's, too, to he's too busy doing, you know, cutscenes. <laughs> he is busy doing cutscenes. And saying the same word between characters again and again and again. Yeah. Yeah. And then some weird baby thing. Yeah, and then and then demons. Yeah, for it's, reasons. Uh, yeah, because demons. Heck yeah. <laughs> it's just reasons. That's yeah. basically the the summary of Death Standing. It's um it's reasons. Demons and also babies, the game. Yeah. It's a good game. I'd buy it. I'm sure you will. I probably will. <laughs> yeah. Honestly, like I'm gonna buy I have to see what it's about. <laughs> I, I think that's the point. It's probably, it's probably the most generic game in the history of games. It's probably just like Call of Duty minus anything. Um, but so cool. Yeah, yeah, it's just cool. <laughs> <laughs> but actually, because Kojima spent so much time making it weird, people are just going to be like, "Yeah, I should buy it just to see what it's about." Because how can you look at that trailer and not think what the hell is happening? That game, that game needs David Cage to be brought on as a consultant. No, it does. That's the last thing it needs. <laughs> That'll fix it. It needs loopers more than it needs that. <laughs> That'll fix it. Yeah. David Cage will put it on track. Yeah, he'll, he'll fucking have a naked Ellen Page in it for no goddamn reason. Oh, God, I hate that guy. <laughs> on that heavy note, rain was all right. Uh, and heavy rain. Heavy rain heavy is rain all right. Nasty. It is the least off the deep end one. Yeah. Heavy Rain was great. I love Heavy Rain. I've got all the time in the world for Heavy Rain, I does. You know what, Matt? I'm really glad you do. I do. On that note, we're going to go to some music from Heavy Rain. (laughs) No! Yep, we are. We're going to use some music from Heavy Rain, the seven of video games. Because seven is a good movie. And Heavy Rain is a good game. Be quiet now.
everybody, and now let's talk about Smash Brothers because that was the other big bit of news that happened this week. Nintendo and yeah. Atlas and Sega and whoever else was involved threw Joker out onto Smash Brothers and immediately melted Nintendo servers. So once they fixed all of that up and bought a whole bunch of new servers and got people up there and playing again, people were playing Smash again all over again. Well, it, was, it was good times for everyone. Everybody had good times. They Even, have actually been spending more time removing dicks from the game than anything else. Yeah, that too. That's but, my favorite bit. I mean, Alan Alan even has been having a good time, and Alan never has a, has a good time about anything anymore, but he's been playing Smash again and yeah, enjoying yeah. it. Yeah, I hate everything. but Yeah, um, you do. You really do. But yeah. it's good, isn't it? It's, oh, it's fantastic. Joker's, Joker's all right. Yeah, Joker's so a bit of a right. Can I do a little bit of a breakdown for him for, like, huge nerd, fighting game nerd nonsense? Yeah, be my guest. Yay! Okay, so only Joker. only if I can if, only if I can do the same for Mary Rose next time we talk about Dead or Alive. Absolutely, go for it. Cool. I'm gonna regret this. Um, <laughs> so Joker is a sort of he's a fast character, but he's not the fastest character. He's um, if you've ever played Phoenix Wright in uh, UMK three, uh, not UMK three, um, Ultimate Marvel vs. Capcom three, um, you would sort of understand his risk reward gameplay where he's fairly weak when he doesn't have Arsene, who is his persona. Um, and as soon as you get Arsene, he is able to do a lot of kill moves fairly comfortably. So he's built around this sort of huge risk and reward sort of gameplay. Um, his uh, neutral B is a gun. It is just gun. And I love that they've just got a gun in the game. I think it's very, very funny. And the fact that you, if Kirby eats you, he gets a gun. So Kirby has a gun now, canonically. Um, his uh, moves can also be like sort of a bit like Dante from Devil May Cry can do gun carter stuff, which is really, really cool. Not that useful from what I've seen so far, but very interesting. Might be good in the future. I don't quite know yet. I'm not zero. Um, side B is Iger, which is his curse move. These are all enhanced as well, by the way, with Arsene, which is really, really interesting and gives you a lot of reason to sort of play aggressively uh, in order to get into Arsene right away. So his down B is a Royal Guard counter. Again, very like Devil May Cry where if you time it right, um, uh, enemies attacking you will only do half the damage to you and your rebellion gauge will grow up so you'll get Arsene faster. It's really, really cool. Really good idea. Love it so much. Um, he's got a lot of really natural combos as well, which sort of flow into each other from what I've experienced. Um, he, he has a lot of utility, but he's just very weak when he's not in persona mode, which is a bit... It's a bit risky. I don't know how good it'll be in the long run, but I think right now he's in a very good space, particularly if you've ever enjoyed, you know, playing Fox or Falco or something like that. He'll, he'll, he will come more naturally to you in that regard. And his aerials are pretty good as well. So yeah, I, I see him being fairly strong in the Smash community, but I'm not super sure where he'll be yet. He's not Bayonetta from Smash 4 because that was broken, but he's not bad. He's not Bowser Jr. That's what I'm trying to say. That was, a, that was an impressive breakdown, Alan. Congratulations. Let's give him a clap. Yay. That was a good <laughs> breakdown. It only, was very good. Only mostly sarcasm. <laughs> <laughs> it was pretty good. I mean, he's still he's still easy to whip with Simon. That's the main thing. But Simon's you, great. See, I'm, I'm, I'm totally pro play. at Simon now. Oh Matt. Oh Matt. Can you Simon's do the great. can you do the hundred percent kill combo? Yeah. Like the, from zero to death. Yeah, 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 yeah. I, I I saw that and then decided, yeah, I'll give him a go and I'll like figure out how to do it. So yeah, I can do that now, which is pretty cool. I can't tell if you're joking or not, and it's. I'm serious. I'm actually pretty good at Simon. For goodness sakes, 
I play these games, Alan. Didn't you see me post up my most played Switch games? Yeah, it was the it was like Football Manager, wasn't it? Yeah, it was all Football Manager, but then Smash Brothers. <laughs> <laughs> the top row was all football games, and then Smash Brothers was next. <laughs> yeah, yeah, Smash is awesome. New stages, freaking sick as well. I don't know that like the reason that I was the most excited about this was hearing Persona Four music. Oh, yeah, that the was music's good. great. The music's great. Yeah, it's so good. Um, yeah, and the fact that the stage mementos changes colors based on what song is playing. So if you're playing Mass Destruction from Persona Three, everything is blue because it's the midnight hour. Yeah. And I, I love yeah. that. That is just, I, I cannot explain how much I love that. So <clears throat> that means there's four characters left to go in for DLC, at least that Nintendo's got planned at this stage. And yes. what are they going to be is the big question. Dragon Quest Boy. Can... Yeah, there was yeah, rumors that it was a Dragon Quest dude, wasn't there? Yeah, it'll be either 11 or 5. That's disappointing. No, it'd be fine. I, it needs look... Chocobo, I'm telling you. It needs Chocobo. It, he, they won't put Chocobo in because every, um, I think, uh, what's his name? Uh, man who sells his life for Smash. Um, uh, Sakurai? Kabigo. Yeah, Sakurai. Um, he has said before that they're not adding any more characters from games that have already been in Smash. Chocobo hasn't been in Smash. No, but Final Fantasy has. No, but Chocobo, I'm not talking about Final Fantasy Chocobo. I'm talking about Chocobo Chocobo. Chocobo Adventure Chocobo. Yeah. Chocobo Mystery Dungeon Chocobo. <laughs> Look, I, I get It's not Final saying. Fantasy, dude. It's not Final Fantasy. It could happen. Do not ruin my dream like this, Alan. <laughs> I want to so badly. <laughs> um, do not do it to me. Yeah, no, I, I reckon we'll definitely get Dragon Quest Boy. Oh, we'll get Katsune Miku too, for sure. Because she hasn't been in any other game. Um, so she's there. She's totally cool. She'd yeah. be a good grab for them to get. but She'd be great. Nothing. Everyone... The number of nerds that would go and download Smash yeah. Brothers just to play as Hatsune Miku in Smash Brothers would be mammoth. It would be, yeah. it'd be great. It'd be perfect. It, it would be the perfect marriage between Nintendo and good stuff. Between weeb and weeb. <laughs> it would work, I'm telling you. It probably would. Honestly, they'd make it work. Yeah. Um, I would also probably say... It'd be like, but actually more more realistically, it'd probably be like some stupid Call of Duty dude or something. No, I was going to say... It'd be Kevin it. Spacey. It'd be Kevin Spacey from Call of Duty. Oh, no. But and his smash, his smash attack would be Mash F. No. Oh, I was waiting <laughs> for a much respect. worse joke. I know. Me too. <laughs> I would, look, Matt, you took that in a much safer place than I expected. Good job. Oh, God. Um... They said it might be Steve for Minecraft, which seems like a huge waste, in my opinion. No, but it, it makes enough sense. Yeah, I could see it happening. Yeah, because he, he's going to use his diamond sword or some nonsense. He'll build blocks to hurt people. Is nuts popular with the kids. Yeah. On the Switch. Mm. Yeah, it's Switch. So. Still pop sellers. It's possible. Yeah. It's possible, I guess. And yep. Microsoft have been fairly cool about the idea of adding in, like, yeah. you know, their characters. Sharing, sharing their characters. Oh, it might be Cuphead. That'd be pretty funny. I would love oh, Cuphead. Yeah. But that'd be make the game too difficult, though. It'd be too hard to play. Yeah. You wouldn't know me how to play it anymore. The game would be banned from tournaments. <laughs> Shantae? Shantae, um... Shantae will not be in there. She's already a spirit. Yeah, she's got... Oh, that's right. She's just... That's Which, pretty. She'd it's be annoying great. because she would work very, very well. Yeah. Yeah, the, the hair whip would be, you know... I'm surprised she wasn't in it, honestly. Yeah. yeah, look, probably I one of their biggest indies. I think there's also a fairly reasonable chance we get a Marvel character. There's a reasonable chance that we'll get either a Capcom character like Okami or Beautiful Joe or something like that, or a Marvel character. 
Because Okami. you mean Amaterasu? That would be pretty good. Yeah, sorry, Amaterasu, or even on the baby version of Okami. Um, ah, Chibi. Okami then. Yeah, from Okami then. But Possibly yeah. Resident Evil, I guess, if Capcom. I don't know how well that would go down. Yeah. Just because we don't have RE2 on the Switch. If we had RE2 on the Switch, I'd say. Oh, yeah. that's right. It's not on the Switch, is it? No. I've only oh, got no. Revelation games. Oh, we'll get Sora. We'll get Sora from Kingdom Hearts. Like, it's going to happen. Maybe. Yeah, it possibly. has to. I'll cry if it doesn't. <laughs> I just want to hear face my fears. Oh, um, I know. It could. It could be. It could be uh, Murray Rose from Dead or Alive. Matt, I don't think so. I think so. These <laughs> things could happen. I mean, Nintendo and Nintendo and um, and Koei uh, have a pretty good relationship going. Yeah. Oh, it could be Nobunaga. That would be great. I don't know how they feel about putting historical figures into this. No, game. not not like... Nobunaga. Nobunaga. Oh right. <laughs> okay. Jesus, just, Alan. The real ass guy. Murdering Kirby. Okay, so in Japan, Koei has this series, which is all the historical characters from Samurai Warriors, but cat versions of them. Um, oh, and the, if you type in Nobunyaga with a Y, N-O-B-U-N-N-Y-A-G-A yeah. or whatever, if you, if, you throw, if you type Nobunyaga in, it comes up with this cat, and he's great. He's a cool mascot. He, come, he comes to Tokyo Game Show every year. He showed up in Warriors All-Stars, and he's awesome. And he'd be great for Smash, actually. Legit. He'd be cool. Um, I'm looking at this right now, Matt. I'm going to be real honest. I hate this. <laughs> oh, you hate good things, though, Alan. Yeah. Oh, we'll get a Monster Hunter, I reckon, actually. Oh, that'd be right. Some lame generic character that doesn't Wait. actually have a name. And... No, we'll get, like, we'll get the cat from Monster Hunter. The, um, oh, Palico. Iru. No, Palico. One of the Palico cats. Yeah, Iru. Iru. Okay, well, there we go. Iru will work. Yeah. He's got his own series and everything. We'll get Commander Iru from um, Avatar The Last Endbender as well, while we're at it. <laughs> Good show. <laughs> we'll get, no, we'll get Rorschach from Watchmen. Doctor, we'll get Dr. Manhattan with his dick out. He <laughs> <laughs> uh, explodes everyone and leaves. <laughs> it's Final Smash just breaks the entire world and fucks off to mine. Breaks your game. <laughs> I would love that so much. Uh, so many game. options. They have so many options. They could take this game places. I wonder if Alan They're Moore... playing it safe, really. Yeah, I want Alan Moore to start crying over, over Watchmen being in fucking Smash Bros. Well, that's it. The actual, the, the four of them will be all Alan Moore characters. So it'll be like the, the dude from From Hell. It'll be Jack the Ripper from From Hell. Um, oh, gosh. No, it's, it's Hellboy. <laughs> it's the new Hellboy, everyone's favorite movie. Is that is that still Ron Perlman or did they get rid of him? Oh, it's the guy from Stranger Things. Mm. Oh, boo. No wonder it sucks. No, there's a lot of reasons why it sucks. No, not Lisa, which because they got rid of Ron Perlman. Yeah. <laughs> and also, Doug Jones isn't playing as my son. And I hate that. He's a good character. On that anyway, note, Smash Bros. <laughs> on that note, we'll go to some Muzaks. Um, Muzaks nice. <laughs> we'll pick some music from one of the personas that is in Smash Brothers, I guess. Yeah. The one that has the, has the, the, the one that has the deeply offensive lyrics in it. Oh, yeah. <laughs> That's pretty soon. Oh, too soon. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> 
And welcome back, everybody. Okay, so for the last section of the podcast this week, we are going to talk about Aluna and Brie. I hope I pronounced that right. Is that how? Aluna, close enough. Aluna, that's right. Aluna, because after the moon. Yep. Um, yeah. So, Lachlan, great game. Congratulations on getting Thank that you. out there. Yeah, yeah. It's been great for a while. Morning. You guys were really nice about it. Oh, you were, Matt. Yeah, <laughs> I enjoyed it a great deal. It was really good fun. Um, it's been what three years in development? Four. Yeah, three, three and a bit if you count all the sprite production and everything. I started yeah. it back when I was writing my previous game, Max's Big Bust, and yeah, just slowly been working on it for years and years. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, like I said, congratulations for getting it out. That's really great, and oh. uh, I got to admit, it's awesome to play a Japanese RPG which has a sausage singer as a web, uh, as an item. <laughs> Yeah, That's a pretty cool thing. get them for two dollars at Screws and Snags. You know, lots of um Australian references. I really, there's not that many games really set in Australia that don't treat it like a complete parody, like the Super Bogan sort of approach. I wanted to try and do a life sim that you know felt like actual Australia to an extent. Yeah, well, actual Australia as far as it can be done with anime characters with anime characters of course because i love the style with big boobs and stuff yeah of course Um, (laughs) (laughs) no it yeah it's it's really good i i I must admit like i said in my review i i never expected that i'd play a jrpg where the characters start to lay into the coalition government um (laughs) i thought that's a great touch i needed a plot reason for a lunar for brie to have a job um i'd recently got a robo debt letter from centrelink that i was very (laughs) angry about (laughs) And I went, well, this is a useful excuse to get her working, but not earning so much money that it breaks the game's economy. Because I was worried with like minimum wage, people would be like, you should be getting $200 a day. And I'm like, I can't, then, then you'd have too much money to buy sausages and stuff and, and sausage rolls. So I figured that's a really good plot device and have a little bit of a jab. <laughs> I love I love that that was your way of balancing the game. Is... Yeah. <laughs> and then Bree got a letter from GovernLink, which is definitely not Centrelink. No, definitely not. <laughs> No, I don't know. Yeah. Same with her working for free. I figured, oh, I can reference the internship program to explain why she's not getting paid to fight monster girls for the government. Yeah, you know, I, I figured they were a good plot device. Jesus. Um, if you're in Australia and you didn't involve a vote, I'm going to fight you in the street. <laughs> so I voted. <laughs> <laughs> so, I, I, I okay. must... 
I'm I'm part of the territory, so. <laughs> you, you should absolutely send this game to Bill Shorten to play <laughs> so he can run it as part of his election campaign. He will be so baffled. Because <laughs> I, I, I would love to see footage of Bill Shorten playing Aluna and Bree. I, I would just, I, I, I would pay a lot of money. Too well. <laughs> I would pay a lot of money for that. Bill Shorten and his sexy anime girls. <laughs> <laughs> I would pay a lot of money to see that happen. Oh God, yeah, no! I, I, would, I would pay a lot of money not to see that. Happen. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus, he would be so confused. Yeah, I wasn't really political with the game, but it, like another one I used was the whole instead of killing the monster girls, you're sending him detention centers offshore and stuff. Just lots of plot devices. Oh God. <laughs> They have teleporters. That way you're not murdering thousands of people, you know? No, it's not. It's... <laughs> All right, dude. It, it's quite... I haven't made a statement. I've just used it to my advantage. <laughs> it's quite a, um irreverent game. Let's put it that way. Yeah. It, it's, it's... It's, it's all humour. And, um, yeah, yeah. The, the political jokes aren't the only thing that's uh, funny about this game. It's got heaps of humour. And uh, lots of Aussie humour as well. I love I love that there are lamingtons in there. And it's like... Mm. That would never happen in a Japanese game because the Japanese really don't understand what a lamington is. I know They're fantastic. From, I know that from personal experience. They're like, wait, it's stale cake, right? <laughs> it's like, well, originally, yes, but that's not how we do it now. But you try and explain that to them. Um, but yeah, that's it, it's such an interesting mix of a game. Uh, and it's very Persona-like. In yeah, the big structure fan of the Persona of series. Yeah, you can definitely tell that through the game. It's, it's amazing. It's um. How? I haven't seen, there's been so many, since Persona came out, I didn't really want to like clone its style because there's been so many games like Idea Factory has a few that like stylistically look very similar to Persona, but no one seems to be doing the whole like life simulation time management stuff, which to me was like the main hook that got me in. Like, don't get me wrong. I love Persona's style, but um, there's just something missing with like the spin-off games, like even Persona Q, where I just like, I just want to hang out with characters and, you know, go on holidays and stuff. Yeah, oh. yeah, absolutely. It's like, um, you know, my favorite Persona clone is uh, Caligula Effect, but Caligula Effect takes its its Persona likes from the way it does its characters and kind of level design. It doesn't have that time management. Thing, yeah. Um, that's quite uncommon. So for me, it was actually the time management stuff reminded me a little bit, perhaps more of Atelier for some reason. Because Atelier yeah, I've played, very I've big played a couple game. of those. Yeah, so obviously there was a lot of time management kind of mm. the, the the feel of the time management came a, a lot from there which was yeah which was nice i like my atelier as well because i love persona 5 i had some complaints about it oh no the biggest complaint i had was that um Putting you and Alan on the podcast was a mistake. <laughs> they had so many in persona 4 you'd go on holidays you did like the snowing event there was the beach event um you went to the persona 3 town and for me the highlight of those games and persona 3 as well had a beach scene that i loved was when the storyline sort of takes a bit of a back seat for a moment and you get to sort of hang out with these characters in like believable mm. situations it kind of feels like you've got friends i guess and that, <laughs> well, you know what i mean I have friends. You sort of relate to them on a different level than you do on the characters. You know what I mean? I know what I mean. Alan doesn't. Because Alan doesn't actually have any friends at all. So I'm going to breathe it. Sorry, continue on. I'm really sorry. That's all good. But yeah, I really wanted to have lots of like holiday events and friend events and social stuff that I feel a lot of games really do on like a smaller level. Yeah, so that was the main goal, was to try and get that sort of fun, hanging out with friends sort of feel with the characters and the cast and everything. Yeah, yeah, it was it was really good. And um, 
I mean, I always thought the Persona series did the beach scenes just purely for the point of fan service, but um, nothing wrong with that. Well, I was going to say your game certainly ramps that up pretty quickly as well. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I was pretty impressed by that actually. How quickly the fan service came in thick and fast with it. So, I think I think you'll have it's quite all a, a bit of lighthearted fun. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Again, it's all very it, it's in the tongue in cheek and it's in the spirit mm. of the, I guess the um the humor of the game, which is great because. Yeah, we don't have too many games doing that. You wouldn't be able to get this game on the PlayStation <laughs> now. You don't think so? Nah. Nah, nah. Sony would be like, nah, we don't want it. <laughs> they, want, they want Life of Black Tiger instead. Yeah, that's exactly oh. right. <laughs> have you actually considered a console port, though? Because I think this thing would go down really well on Switch. In particular. Uh, looking into it, I made this one. The reason why it took so long to develop was I um had it made in Unreal Engine. I tried doing it myself a few times. I tried Unity. I tried... Unreal. I even went back and tried Game Maker, which I used to be good at. But um, because I've got so many assets, there's about 60 different character sprites all in HD, plus all the battle sprites. It's like 40, 50 enemies. I, I've tried to make like a full-length game. Um, and a lot of these programs, uh, well, Game Maker and Rempy, which I was used to, aren't really designed for anything of that scale. Mm. And I am not experienced enough to do it in Unreal or Unity. So I had to hire a programming team to do it for me. And we did it. Uh, they were a great team. Frag Games, based out of Pakistan. Oh, um, that's where that came from. Because yeah. I, I mean, obviously, I saw locked up games and then yeah. Frag Games. I'm like, what the hell's Frag Games? I don't know them. <laughs> uh, they're a production company, basically. Nice. Um, okay. Found them through a freelance website, and I've been working them for about a year. Game took a little bit longer because it was a bit bigger in scope scope than we all anticipated. But um, they did a really good job for the most part. I'm really happy with it, and. I could potentially port this to consoles now, which is which is fantastic. Um, I want to get a bit more um, further down the line before I look into that. Um, I want to get some more feedback, maybe fix some bugs. I can do a lot of that on my end, which is good. And then I'm going to look into getting it on Switch is the goal. Um, yeah, I, just, I, yeah. I, think, I think it would resonate quite well with Switch because mm. it does feel, because it is that kind of indie version of Persona, it feels yeah. like something that would be good to play in handheld anyway. It just feels Absolutely. like... Absolutely. That was one of the reasons why mm. I did it. Mm, mm, um, I need to get my finances right a little bit before I can get all the porting stuff of sorted. Course. Of course. <laughs> yeah. That's always the way. Yeah. Mm. No, Absolutely something I want to look into. That's that's exciting. Hopefully it happens. Hopefully. Yeah. Yeah. I'm actually kind of interested just... How, what was the dev cycle like? Because you said that you've been working on this for three years. Yeah. It's, yeah. it's been a tumultuous dev cycle, to say the least. Um, <laughs> I've still got a part-time job. I still work at a pathology lab, um, like 20 hours a week, um, just to cover costs and things. Mm. Um, so three years ago, I was writing Max's Big Bust. Uh, that was a lot easier to do. It was just a straightforward visual novel. I, um, I wrote the script, hired some freelancers to do all the artwork. Um, and then it was just a case of me writing it, updating the game, upload, yada, yada. This one, because there's so many different interlocking systems with the life sim elements, um, I, want, I wanted to expand upon the hanging out with friends element I'd done in Max's Big Bus for the romance. I wanted to have the ability to see all of a character in a single playthrough. Um, because with Max's Big Bust, um, there were five love interests, but once you were locked in, um, a lot of the storyline you couldn't really go back to because it kept advancing as stuff happened in the story. Um, mm. Yeah, I'm making motions with my hands, you can't see. But um, with Luna and Bree, I wanted it to be like, okay, here's, here's these 10 friend events you can do in any order and you could see it all in one playthrough, um, which was the plan. Um, and yeah, I got, I don't know, a few thousand hours into programming it myself. I got it working, but the load times was 48 minutes, which is a little bit too long. <laughs> <That's>, <laughs> and I went, what have I done? Levels. 
I've wasted thousands of hours of my time and it doesn't work. Um, so yeah, I started from scratch with a programming team. Mm. Um, and that, that, so I think I had two attempts at doing it myself before realizing these guys need to step in. So it's only really been produced by the programmers for a year and a half. But um, it's been good, though, in, in some ways, because I've been writing the entire time. Um, originally, the game was only going to be three chapters, and it was only going to be like five or six events per character. But I managed to increase that to 10, added on the holiday events, added on some Australia Day stuff, et cetera, et cetera. <laughs> um, yeah, I made it so um, in my universe that if you're caught not being drunk on Australia Day, you can get fined. <laughs> you know, just Aussie stuff. Yeah. Um, it's been difficult, but... I'm really glad it's came out. For a while there, it got a bit hairy. I didn't think it would be released, but just pleased to have it out. And people seem to be enjoying it. Mm. The, the feedback we've got has been pretty good. Yeah. Where, where did the art come from? Was that you? Was that did you hide? Oh no, I, I cannot draw at all. Um, <laughs> hired a Japanese artist called Doku Denpa. They did art for um, uh, Max's Big Bust. I found them by complete chance on a freelance website called Skillets. Um, they applied, loved their art, and then I've just stuck with them since, and hopefully I can get them for future projects too. Yeah, they're very good. They're very yeah. Good. They did art for, um, oh, it was a Vita game called like Criminal Girls or Prisoner Girls. Or oh, something. Um, Criminal yeah. Girls, did they really? Yeah, yeah they ah. did some art. Um, not for the Vita version, they did all the art for the PC browser version, but that, ah, that's what, right. so they've got actual game development stuff up their sleeve. <laughs> Yours is an actual game too, you know. Yeah, I know, I know, but like... <laughs> It doesn't feel real when you're doing it yourself. <laughs> no, yeah, I, I'm a big fan of Criminal Girls, and Alan's not, so. <laughs> I haven't played it. It's, I did look it's at all the art dumps as part of research into them. Yeah, yeah, yeah it goes places. Um, yes. <laughs> it's a bit more fan service than me. Yes, it is a little bit. <laughs> Just a tad. And how have you found the experience of being, I guess, a Japanese game developer in Australia? Because most, most Australian game developers are not uh most of them yeah. tend to model themselves after you know, i guess western game design have you found it difficult to participate in the community or have you been able to find events to participate in i noticed you haven't been to pax is that i haven't been to pa pax is really expensive um right. and yeah. i can't justify it at the moment um I've, I've met a i've met a couple of developers i'm going to be honest the response hasn't been super great i've been called out for my fan service and stuff <laughs> Um, it's just, it's just, everyone seems to be working in like small teams and they're looking for like a collaborative experience and that's great and all, but I tried that myself and I found it's much better when I'm like running it like a studio where I'm like paying people for their work and yeah, it's all very controlled. Um, so networking has been difficult. I have gone to a few events. There's, um, I went, been to Smash, been to Supernova. Um, there's a really small one up here near Coffs Harbour called NexusCon that I go to every year. That's a bit of fun. Um, I met you at Smash a couple of years back. Yeah, um, yes. yeah. I remember yeah. you at Smash, yeah. Yeah, it's, I sort of always seem to get lumped separately from the other game developers, I guess, because my booth looks so different with all the anime art and stuff. Mm. Yeah, um, I'd like to hopefully <laughs> network um, more, but it, it's difficult. I'm, I'm, I'm not in Sydney. I live in a small rural town called Armadale, which is in the middle of nowhere. I'm probably the only game... Oh, I take that back. There was another game developer in town, the people that made Aussie Maths Invaders, but they don't really count. <laughs> <laughs> well, you'll be happy to know there is a game journalist in Armadale, Trent, who is on the DDNet team. He's actually... Oh, really? As well. Yeah. I think it is. Or is it Tamworth? It's One or the other. Was it Tamworth? I think it's Tamworth, yeah. Okay. Uh, they're, all, oh, they're all the same out in rural Australia anyway. They're all the Tamworth's same. not very far away. Yeah, they're all the same town anyway. Yeah. Um, <laughs> No, it's, yeah, 
have you considered going to TGS? Because I think there's another game developer, uh, what they're called. Uh, I know who you mean. Suicide um, Cyanide, Cyanide. Cotton Candy Cyanide. Yep, Cotton I've spoken Candy to Tina. Uh, yeah, yeah. Quantum Quantum Suicide is a game they're producing. Mm. They've been to TGS a couple of years, and I've always interesting been, name. Yeah, yeah. I've, I've always seen that they've had quite a good uh, following at at their booth in the indie section of TGS. Have you considered that one? Because I think your game would obviously resonate quite strongly with the Japanese. Yeah. The but then prob- it's not in Japanese, is it? No, the localization's yeah. a huge problem for me. I've got yeah. the script for this game is close to 500,000 words. I wrote a lot. Yeah. Um, there's like 100 heartbeat events, which are the, the social link equivalents. And yeah, I, I looked into it. It's going to be a very pricey game to translate. Um, it's something I'd like. If the game does really well on Steam, I'd love to get it and my previous game max's big bust out in japan because i think there would be an audience there but it's it's finding the the money for such a massive translation cost well, and that's that money be, yeah that could be another reason to stick it on switch i mean if it was also on console yep. you might be able to find a publisher to take that on for yeah I, I, i'll try shop, i'll try shopping it around I, I tried a few places back with my previous game but that was just a visual novel and they're a dime a dozen nowadays but i've actually got an rpg now so hopefully i've got a bit more swaying power with publishers yeah. yeah, yeah, it would be good. It would be good to see. It's always mm. good the Aussie developers go over to Japan to do well. Yeah, um, I think it's a market the, I definitely want to break into. Hmm, especially, especially I guess these days now the Japanese publishers are also looking at China as a as a market. Um, mm. and you might also get, you know, translated into Chinese, and that wouldn't another, be against that at all. That's another big market to go after. Um, it's it's a good space. It's an interesting interesting part of the world and it's good to see some Aussie developers are actually participating in it rather than just producing American style stuff. Mm. Not Ooh. that I have a problem with um, Hand of Fate. Matt and... hates America. No, not, not, that, not that I have a problem with like the stuff like Hand Matt of Fate. Matt hates all games. Hand of Fate and um, what's the a City Hollow of Brass City, City of Brass and Hollow Knight and uh, Australian developers have done really great stuff in that Western mm. style. Um, I just think culturally and geographically we're also quite close to Asia so it's nice to see some developers also yeah. on that challenge I just I just love the anime art style so much and every single anime seems to be set in a Japanese high school and I just feel there's a lot to offer just by setting it I mean my, my thoughts were Americans are going to play a Lunar and Brie and go this feels culturally very different to Japan but also very different to America yeah I think we've got a lot to offer in Australia if nothing else if you manage to educate some americans about the joy of a sausage singer then you've done a good job i made them the cheapest and best food in the game for a reason <laughs> they, start, they, they actually look like the bunnings one too which is great. yeah i set them a reference image <laughs> the artist <laughs> <laughs> i actually um when i was playing the first time i saw that i was like i could do i could do with a trip down to bunnings right now yeah. so, honestly like I don't know what it is, but there's something about the idea of going to a hardware store that is to uniquely get Australian <laughs> to get food. I know, I know. It's like, it just makes me think of like a 35-year-old man who has a little bit too much time on his hands, <laughs> who starts a YouTube channel called like Tools in the Shed or something, where he goes to Buddings and reviews tools. As, as and he exists to, entirely on sausages. <laughs> as, as opposed to a 35-year-old man who starts a website called digitallydownloaded.net and has a time <laughs> on his hands and so he goes down to Bunnings to get a sausage. And also eats because, sausages. <laughs> because uh, he it's saw it in a game. <laughs> yeah, thanks, Alan. Thanks no a lot. No worries.
<laughs> remind me of my, my mortality. And yeah. then I've got a final question for you, Lachlan. Yeah. Now that now that every game needs to have DLC and stuff, I'm, I'm assuming Alu and Bree will have DLC as well. What can we do to get our mascot character digitally downloaded, DD in as a DLC character? <laughs> I'm not doing DLC. I'm going to do a standalone oh, expansion. Close, though. Oh, well, um, she can be, yeah, he's gonna make... she can be in that one, right? <laughs> I'm waiting for Luna and Bree, Eater of Souls. <laughs> <laughs> Full on Diablo 3. Like, I would love it. Okay. Running around cute magical girl outfits. Yeah. We've got we've got the I'm... character right here for you. You can have all the artwork and <laughs> Matt is trying very I'm, hard. I'm I don't know. Me. I've got I'm, a... I'm desperate to get DD into a game, so I could get a cameo in probably. I'm doing an expansion pack focused on a I've got a robot girl character set up in the game, Sarah, and it sort of hints at her backstory. I'm gonna do a standalone expansion pack, which is gonna reuse a lot of assets. And I'm planning on a hologram girl, so I could potentially get DD in there somehow. I'll have to she, think about she it. She could be like a journalist or something, you know, hard Maybe. stories, yeah. Send me your assets. I'll um I'll look into that. <laughs> I will do. There we go. Yeah, you, heard well, it, you heard it here first, podcast listeners. I'll try. We finally got DD into a video game. Hopefully. I'll, I'll um, give it a go. I'm I serious. Think, I think we've managed to lose Alan's sanity completely. For no, I, 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 just don't know how to, I, don't, I have nothing to add. <laughs> I, don't, I love DD. I've, I've been looking at her on the website. I like her in the. Admittedly, it looks like she's peeled off Hatsune Miku's face with that wig. I love oh, that yeah. image. Yes, the cosplay one. I love that one. That's <laughs> just like, has she taken it from Miku? But yeah. <laughs> That's it. Yeah, she just ripped the hair right yeah. off. <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> That's what I thought when I first saw it. <laughs> I love it. All right. Uh, well, we should probably wrap this podcast up. Thanks very much for being on, Lachlan. It's been Thanks really great to have me. you. We're, we'll try and get you on a little bit more often, I think. Absolutely. You're, you're good um, fun. Um, <laughs> thanks. And we've got to, I've got to keep pushing for this DD thing. So, um, yeah, it'd be great to, to have you on again soon. Uh, in the meantime, if you've got some music from Aluna and Bree that you want to share, we'd love to play it to round out the podcast. I'm sure I can find, find something. I don't know if we can find it on the YouTube yet, but if you've got an MP3 or something, we can send, send it, it to me. Yeah. All right. I can I might be able to do that. All right. Yeah, the battle theme's great. I seriously oh, you like love it? that battle theme. Yeah, I love it. I love it. I love it. I got I it off um, Shutterstock. Um, I listened oh, nice. to it and I went, oh, this is great. This fits the. I thought it might annoy some people, but no one said anything yet, so that's good. No, it's really it's really fun and charming. I love it. It fits the yeah. perfectly. I'll so. send that across. Sweet. Well, thanks very much, and thanks for being patient through this last section, Alan. That's all right. <laughs> I, it's not. I'm not like hating everything. I don't know why there's this like narrative that I he's hate. He's saying it. He's saying it through gritted teeth. But um, <laughs> just like I don't know. I can leave. <laughs> no, we love you, Alan. Um, we'll that's have convincing. <laughs> we'll, we'll see you all next week thanks for tuning in and uh yeah definitely go and play aluna and brie you're gonna love it if you like anything to do and with check out matt's review yes my review is great it is humble as well <laughs> always <laughs> <laughs>